And let's put our hands together for the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may take your seat. God bless you. We're going to continue on our series, Mission, Our Missions. Amen. Missions, Our Missions. And we want to thank God for the ministers today who ministered in song. Praise God. How beautiful are the mountains of those who carry the, the good news. Amen. And I'll touch a bit on that in Isaiah. Praise God. Now I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you look great. If today you can look beyond your circumstances and see the greatness of God over you. Say, who is the son of man that you are mindful of him? That you crown him with glory. You might not feel great within yourself, but the Lord has made you great. It's a matter of time. And your greatness will come forth. Say, yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it is not a great feeling. But because of the greatness of God, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. There is no way you honor your parents. You honor your God and you'll be dishonored. It's impossible. There's no way you can serve a great God and be anyhow. It is impossible. We are a reflection of who our Father is. And I say, every parent, every child knows who his father is. Sometimes children might not know who their father is, but every father knows who his son or his daughter is. And we are a reflection of our father or our mother. So we can have a great father who holds the whole world in his hands and we can be great. It's time we change our mindset. It's time we shifted the way we think and the way we see things. Sometimes psychology, we say that a perception is very dicker. What it means is that what Chanel sees is different from what I see. We might be seeing the same thing, but we might interpret it in our situations. Amen. One of my friends has on his WhatsApp profile um, a nine and a six. And if you are facing me, it is a six. If you are facing the altar, it is nine. So the question is, as what do you see? And Lady Gifty say, I'm seeing six. And the one saying the nine say, you are wrong. And the question is, your answer depends on your perspective, where you are standing. The fact that she is seeing six does not make her wrong. It is because of her position. It does not matter how you feel it in yourself, but say, turn to your neighbor and say, you look great. You might not feel great, but greater is the one who is working on the inside of you than the situation that is making you feel at all. Will you shake yourself and say, I am great.
Amen. We want to continue our message, our series, Missions. Amen. And I believe as a ministry, if we focus on the main thing, if we measure on the measure and, and focus on the call and the mandate of God concerning and for the church, we will see the greatness of God. Amen. We will see the greatness of God. It is the power of the gospel that made shy person like Peter timid person like Peter to stand before a congregation and a, and a crowd and begin to address them on the day of Pentecost that with the boldness of the spirit of God that came upon him to witness to the people. Acts 1 verse number 8 says, when you have received the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power and ability to witness. Somebody say witness. And this year, by the time this year, and I want witness to be your keyword. When you are making up, it's your makeup witnessing. Amen. Amen. It's your makeup witnessing. I, I had a lady speak on the radio the other time and said that when she's doing her eyelashes, is that what you call it? The eye extensions. That is when she feels God talking to her. For her, it, her makeup time is the time with the Lord. And she comes with her long eyelashes extension and you are criticizing her that all these ladies with artificial eyelashes. But that is her God moment. He said, when she's doing that, God talks to her and God witnesses her and she's able to face, go out and tell others about Christ. Maybe she begins with her eyelashes. What you lack in life, God can make it up for you. What you lack, God can make it up to you. So maybe she begins her witness with her eyelashes. People say, why do you wear this long eyelashes? What God gave you, is it not enough? So this is my God moment. This is how God talks to me. When I, every morning and I'm doing it, coloring it, doing it, God talks to me how he, much he loves me. And do you know God loves you? An opportunity to be a witness. It's your dressing being a witness. Amen. We've, we've got to come to a point where witness is our key word. In everything that we do, is it witnessing to somebody? And how is my life witnessing to the, my neighbor? For the next series, you do how to witness to a, a co-worker, how to witness to a neighbor, how to witness to people around you. Some of you say you, 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 don't, you are not equipped, you are not trained, you don't know how to reach out to your neighbor. But when you are looking for a boy, nobody teaches you how to reach out for that boy or that girl. When you say don't go, you say I'm coming from there. Amen. So there's so much in us to give out. There's so much love we have experienced ourselves. Some of us were not a people. We could 
We could not even hold a microphone. How is our life witnessing to others around us? Do others see our life and desire to be like us? Or they see our life and say, if this is what Christianity is about, I don't want to know. How do we behave around people around us? That is why we want to learn today. In Matthew chapter number 28, for those of us who missed last week, let's do a recap. Today we will touch on why we don't evangelize. And we also see the benefit. The benefit far outweigh the do not. Amen. We, we will touch on two points why we don't evangelize or maybe four points. Then we will also flip it to the other side. The benefit of outreach, the benefit of evangelism, the benefit of reaching out. Amen. In Matthew chapter number 28, I said last, last week in Acts 1 verse number 8, the last command of Jesus before his ascension was that we go into the world and preach the gospel, beginning from Jerusalem, Judea, and uttermost part of the world. And I said, I made a statement last week that his last command should be our first concern before his ascension. Then if he says we should go out and preach and tell the world about him, then that should be our main mission. And our main focus. And today we're going to retreat on that. That if it is his last word for his, before his ascension. It means it is very important and dear to him. Among everything he could have left with us. He says that go and tell others about me. Why? Because they have experienced him. He has emptied himself unto them. He has taken time to disciple them. He has taught them his ways. He has taught them his ways and they have known his ways. Say, now that you have learned of me, that which you have seen of me, you have moved with me you have seen how the dead has been raised. You have seen the multiplication of bread and of fishes. You have seen how the poor has been prospered. You have seen how we have even paid taxes out of the fishman. You have seen me walking on water. You have seen how the storm has been. Now go and tell others. So in effect, it is not anything you have to say by yourself. You don't have to conjure any words to anybody. That which you have seen me do, go tell others. Because the power of salvation, it is not in our telling, it is the Lord touching that soul and reaching out to that soul, making grace available to that soul. All we have to do is to tell. We can't save nobody. We can't save nobody. No matter how we pray. If the Lord does not give them the grace to become a son or a daughter, they will still be lost. Some of you sitting here today, it was a hard battle for you to confess that Jesus is Lord. I was speaking to one guy some time ago, witnessing to him. And say, Pastor, you know, 
understand everything you are talking about. I love the law. But my problem is I love women. And I know that if I have to confess Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior, the things I do, I can't do them. So his only reason for not accepting Christ as his Lord and personal Savior is because he loves women. By the time he'll be completely finished, nobody will tell him to come to Christ. Amen. One person also told me, Pastor, I understand everything that you're saying, but you see, I love business and I love money. Money is good, but the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is good. Are, I mean, we, we, we've, we've got to come to the point where we, we stop laboring for others and we labor for ourselves. Because there are times opportunity will present itself to us, but we are lacking in finances and we can't meet the opportunity. And I said, there are people also with their finances, they don't have the opportunity. There's no God to tell them to sow a seed or to be a blessing. Money is good, but if money is to stop your salvation, it's of no good to you. What shall profit a man, nor a woman, if he gains the whole world and lose your soul? What benefit is there? I said yesterday, it is the soul. The soul lives eternally. The spirit. Amen. So in Matthew chapter number 28. Verse number 18. Jesus came up and said to them, All authority, somebody say all authority. And how many understand all authority means all authority? And I like the way the Amplified Version renders it. And the Amplified Version says that all authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. One of the reasons why we don't evangelize, we don't reach out is we don't believe the word of God. Amen. We don't believe the word of God. That truly all authority, absolute power, and absolute rule is given to the Lord. And say that he is not sending us empty-handed, but the power that he has received, he has also given us equal power to go out and be effective witness. Amen. Verse number 19 then goes on to say that God therefore, because absolute rule and authority and power has been give, given to me, and now I bequeath that power unto you, I release that power unto you, I give you that absolute rule that you also go and tell others God reigns. Realize that he did not send us before the power. That is why he said to the people, 
tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. And when the power comes upon you, then you can be effective witness. Then you can tell. Don't go and talk about yourself. Don't go and talk about bread of life ministry. That is not the purpose and that is not the reason. Go tell about me. Christ Jesus, his suffering, his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection. Tell that I reign. The same Jesus who raised the dead is the same Jesus who pay your child's fees. The same Jesus who walked on water is the same Jesus who delivered you from that accident. The same Jesus who fed the 5,000 men, excluding women and children, with a little boy's lunch is the same Jesus who also provide your need. The same Jesus who touch your body and make you whole. The power was released before he gave the commission. Go therefore because of what you have received. The power and the authority that you have received. Go and tell. Amen. And make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me. We are to help. Amen. Oh, Jesus. When someone comes to help you, it means that that person is stronger than you. So when we, the men, we think we are stronger than the wives. The one Bible says that you give us a helpmate. And that helpmate, the wife that is coming to help us, they are, it was a revelation that they are stronger. You can't help somebody from a weaker perspective. Anytime anybody comes to help somebody, the, the helper is at the strong end. Amen. So when he comes to help, then it means that he or she is at the place of advantage to be able to help. How many of you know that you can't help anybody when you are not at the place of advantage? You can't help anybody for a job if you yourself is not at a high level already. Either you are the employer or you are the owner of the business, or you are the manager of the organization, or you are the one interviewing. You've got to be at the strongest position in order to help somebody. So the helper, therefore, is at the strong place. Amen. So here, the Bible says that, help others learn of me. So you are at the strong place. So when you are telling others about Christ, you are supposed to assume the strong place. Why? You already have the faith in Christ. You have experienced Christ, whether it be on the road to Bristol or Damascus or at your work, in your marriage, in your driving. How many of us have experienced God in our driving? In your driving, in any 
area that you have experienced and seen the hand of God over your life, you are at a strong place. So you are telling others how the Lord delivered me from that accident. Maybe that person is experiencing health challenge. And maybe the Lord has healed you of what the doctor says it's incurable. They had the Lord touch you. Maybe you had a bad report. You just, uh, despite the report, the Lord, this is the word of God. So you are coming at a place of strength, not at a place of weakness. Amen. Why? Because absolute power has already been deposited on the inside of you. But you see, we don't do because we don't believe that we've been given authority and we walk in power. Sometimes we sing this song, Chosen Generation, I Know Who I Am by Snatch, that I know who I am. But we sing it and we go out of the door and we don't really know who we are. I'm working in dominion, I'm working in favor, I'm working in power, I'm working in authority. And a little circumstances come at you and you forget who you are. Amen. But I say, help! So we don't bash them. We don't tell them that you are dying, going to hell if you reject Christ. Amen. We help them. Like Christ helped us. That we have also now believed the same faith. The same belief that we are to also help others to believe. Help the people to learn of me. Believe in me and obey my words. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now the question is, why don't we obey the Lord's command? I said last week that the great commission has become the great omission. We will give our tithe in church. We will give an offering in church for this to reach out to others, but we ourselves will not reach out. If it is the Lord's last command before his ascension, then it should be our first priority to fulfill that commission. What I have found, the reason why many of us don't evangelize or reach out is what I touched a little bit on last week because others will do it. And we have become prosy believers. Amen. How many of us have ever voted by proxy. 
Amen. What does it mean? Fuzzy is somebody who stands in for someone, such as having someone to act as your proxy, to vote on your behalf. What does that mean? We don't share our faith because Lady Gifty will do it for me. Amen. If I don't do it, Prof will do it. So we, we live in a prosy Christian life that if I don't go out, Minister Christ will go out. That is his responsibility. I said from last week, nobody, we are all mandated to go out. Outreach and evangelism, it's not the sole responsibility of a department. It is the commission, it is the command to the church that the whole church should be mission-focused. Amen. Should be mission-focused. Amen. And one of the areas as a ministry we spend a lot of money in is outreach. You'll be wondering, what have we been doing for outreach? Amen. The conferences we run, the prayer summit we run, all the youth out ministries we run, is to reach out to others. Amen. It's to reach out to others. We want souls to be saved, not just to add to their numbers, but that they will have eternal life. That is the, the bottom line. That we have eternal life. There are people that we have witnessed who that have not come to Bread of Life ministry, but are happy to be serving in the kingdom somewhere. That you know that a soul has not perished, but has been saved. So, brother Susu and so will do it. Sister Susu and so will do it. We cannot go and be a witness. So we will send someone else in our place. I will give my offering. The church should use the offering to reach out. I will give my tithe. The church should use their tithe to reach out. But me, I can't do it. One of the excuses we make is, I don't have enough words. I don't know enough scriptures. But he, say, he did not say, go and tell them or quote them scriptures. He said, help them learn about me them about me. What has the Lord done for you? It's a starting point. What has the Lord done for you? What is your experience that you can share with somebody? Not quoting scriptures. The common reason why we don't evangelize is that we think that it is the pastor's job to do so. 
And we go on, there's then to say that uh, after all, he's paid to preach the gospel. He's paid to organize evangelistic program. He's paid to bring people in to evangelize and to do evangelist campaign. So it is the pastor's responsibility to do that. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a shepherd giving birth? It is the sheep that procreate. It is the sheep that increase the flock. It is not the shepherd that give birth, but the sheep does. I was told the same thing when I was in church. I was a church member. The shepherd just makes sure the sheep are fed. That provide conducive environment for the sheep to multiply. He takes them to greener pastures. He makes sure not devour, devour them. He guides them. The psalm says, you lead me to the still waters. He knows where the, the grass are greener. And make sure that they are well fed. So when they produce, there are no feeble ones among them. But we don't believe one, the word of God, that all authority has been given to us so we can go and tell others about Christ. And secondly, we also think that it is the pastor's responsibility because he is the one getting the paid to preach the good news, to tell others person. But the pastor is only one. But the flock are many. What the flock can do can far outweigh what the pastor can do. The pastor's, the shepherd's responsibility is to equip the church. So what I'm doing now, I'm equipping you. You say, Pastor, I didn't know we have to evangelize. I thought it was Minister Chris and his team's responsibility. No. That is the responsibility for the whole church. If you want to do the will of the Lord, then his last command should be our first priority to make it happen. Amen. But in the book of Isaiah 52 verse number 7 the King James Version says, How beautiful upon the mountains of the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publish salvation that saith unto Zion, thy God reign. You see, good news is no good news if it is delivered at the wrong time. Good news are always time specific. Amen. So if we deliver the news at a later date, it's 
of no good news. So we have to be conscious of our timing, our seasons, and our environment. We can't say, I've got the good news, I'll wait for next year. What if next year that person dies? What benefit will that news be to at their funeral date? So for a news to be a good news, it has to be given at a time when it is needed. Amen. That is why the newscasters or the news media, they fish to be able to broadcast the news when it first breaks out. You see on your screen, see breaking news. It means that they are the first to announce to get you the news at a time when you need it. And on Wednesday, I touched a bit on Isaiah 52, verse number 7. Why didn't the Bible say, the prophet Isaiah say, how beautiful are the mouth of those who preach the gospel? Or the hand that give for the gospel? By say the feet. It is the feet that goeth. It is the feet that make the sacrifice. And I said on Wednesday, in Bible times, because of the mode of transport and their traveling, it was the custom and the tradition of feet washing. Because the people, when they walk on their journeys, they go through cow dons and horse and camels, dance and everything. So by the time they enter into the house, their feet is all stinky. So before you enter the house, there's always a vessel of water or a pot of water in front of the house. You have to ceremonially clean your feet before you enter. But that which things, the prophet says that it is beautiful. Why? Because they proclaim good tidings. What tidings are they proclaiming? That Bristol, bread of life ministry, your God reigns. And if your God reigns, what can be against you? Who can come against you? Who can disqualify you or who can nullify you? If your God reigns, he reigns. He does not just reign for today and dethrone tomorrow. He reigns yesterday, today, and throughout eternity forever. For he is the same God. So he will not reign today and desert you tomorrow. He has never vacated his throne. So we can trust him at his word. Sometimes the Bible says that he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the world. It is not those with the eloquence of speech. But those who had stinking feet. How is your feet? I said on Wednesday we wear Louis Vuitton shoes. We will wear all those things. But how truly, how beautiful are your feet? It is not the design or the make or the model of your shoe but how willing are you prepared to, to make the journey to tell the, the soul that are perishing that God reigns? That if God reigns, you will not die in your circumstance. You will not die in your situation. There is hope for your tomorrow. 
I see victory coming for you. I see the Lord make a way for you where there seems to be no way. It doesn't matter how you feel. You might not feel great, but there's a great God who is able to look beyond your feeling and bring you to the place where he has ordained you to be in the name of Jesus. And it is this Jesus that I'm talking about. It is this Jesus that I'm helping you to also learn him for yourself. Amen. Is your feet. Like I said, the benefit far outweigh the disobedient. If you learn to obey the command and the precept, if you learn to be witness focused, that everything we do is centered on witness. What witness am I giving? Am I a good witness or a bad witness? How are others seeing Christ through my way? How am I telling about others? How am I helping others to learn of Christ? Beloved, I believe if we live a life of witness, there are so many things we will not do. Because whether we like it or not, we are the, the writers. All of us are writers of our lives. You will be amazed. You think nobody knows what you are doing. But they, they look at your life and they read your life. They read your life. Because we are, we are the writers of our own epistles. You will be amazed. The revelation that will come about you from others. And say, but we see you. This is how you have written your own biography. So I believe we can change that. We can make our life count. We can believe the word of God. Amen. It is not easy to go out there. That is why one of the reasons why we don't go. He said that the terrain is rough. There are so many people with hard questions waiting for us. But he did not say go and make argument. He didn't say go and make argument. Go tell others about me. What do you know about him? What has the Lord done for you? And what have you learned of the Lord? Beloved, if his last command to the church is to go and tell others of me, I believe as a church and as a ministry, that should be our focus. When we have the, the mindset of go, beloved, in the bus, you can witness to somebody. In the supermarket, you can witness to somebody. 
At your workplace, you can witness to somebody. Everywhere we are, sometimes we don't have to go and start bashing them. The opportunity will be created for you. So many times at work in other places, people will come to me and begin to ask me questions. And I begin to tell them about Christ. They don't accept right there, but it's not my responsibility for them to accept Jesus as I talk with them or engage with them. I tell them about Christ. The opportunity presents them. I tell them about Christ. Let the grace fall on them. On their heart, confession with their mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It is God who saves. So when we are telling about Christ, Christ is doing the work. Amen. 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 So if he says that absolute power has been given to him, and with that same power, he's sending us for. We are not going without mandate. Neither are we going by ourselves. We are being sent. And there's a difference between sent. Amen. Go therefore. Go therefore. How are we going? Amen. How are we going? It is the mandate of the church. It doesn't make you a pastor. Neither does it make you a prophet. But it makes you a child of God. Why? You obey the word of God. It is not those who say, call on me that are my children. But my children are those who obey my word. How are we obeying the word of the Lord. In Luke chapter number 19, verse number 13, it talks of the parable of Occupy until I come. the deeper revelation of that parable is to tell others to be effective in our call and in our, in our faith of God to entrust unto others till his coming. For each of us will render account. One day I brought that sister in your life. What did you do with her? I brought that brother in your life. Did you tell him about me? I sent you to that employment that you will be a light and shine among the darkness. 
I sent you into that church to be a light among them. I sent you into that city to be my witness. How is our feet? Is it so fine, so polished that we can't go out? Or it has cracked, broken, bruised, and yet still going? The glory far outweighed the pain. The going is not easy. That is why a lot of us don't go. There are people out there who reject you. We've been on outreaches. We hand them flyers and they say, I am happy the way I am. I don't need the, your Jesus. And this is about 17-year-old boy with a cigarette in one hand and a lager in another hand. He says, I am happy the way I am. I don't need your Christ. Bishop will say some people their happiness is in their bottle. But when they reject you, it is not you they have rejected. But it is the Lord. You have just given them the word. Amen. You have just given them the word. And that should not discourage you. But the glory far awaits the rejection. The truth is, you go out there, people will ask you questions. Some of the questions you don't even feel qualified to answer. But it says, I am with you. So all you need is to ask the Holy Spirit, give me insight. The Samaritan woman at the well. So what have I got to do with you? He asked Jesus. Samarians and Jews, we have nothing in common. Why do you ask me of water? Rejection right there. But Jesus being the embodiment of the Holy Spirit. So I know you. This is your life. You have written it yourself. As I'm seeing you, I'm reading into you. This is how your life has been. The pattern of your life. So who is this man? Jesus being the embodiment of all knowledge. Knew what she was going through. And ministered to her. Jesus did not have to go to the town of Samaria to talk about himself. It is the lady that left her jug of water and went into the town and telling about Christ. Come and meet a man. I know him from nowhere and yet could he be the Messiah? Have I encountered the Christ? Beloved, when we 
go out compassion wisdom and knowledge will come to us he had assured us that when you face the sign hindering do not be careful or worry for what you shall say but for that very hour I will give you utterance and I believe those of us who have been going out to evangelize there are times people will ask you questions and out from nowhere some ideas will come through your mind some thought will pop and you begin to answer and engage them. Beloved, when we go, compassion comes. When we leave our comfort zone and we disturb our comfort from nowhere, by the time we talk to one person, compassion begin to rise in you. We can't allow all these souls to perish. But until we go, compassion will not come. Jesus never did anything without compassion. Whether feeding people, whether healing people, everything he did was out of compassion for the people. But today, we are the people with less compassion because it is well with us. And if it is well with me, I don't care about my neighbor. My neighbor can suffer, but so long as it is well with me, I am fine. But that is not the life of a believer. That is not why God called us. That is not why he shed his blood for us. That we will be our brother's keeper. He said, help them. So God has made you strong. And with the strength that you have, you help your sister. You help your brother. You help your neighbor. You help your colleague. Why? Because you are at the place of advantage. Who are you helping around you to know Christ and to find Christ? For the rest of this year, you will not shout and say a lot of amen. But if it is to challenge your thought and your walk with God, that is what God wants us to do. And I believe right now the Lord is, there are people God brought into contact with you. That it was an opportunity. So everything God has given you is to be a witness. Your height, your stature, everything about you is to be a witness. It will be a point for people to ask. Then you use that to share your faith. Amen. Who are you helping? Allow the Lord to minister to you for the next few seconds. I believe there are people around you who are perishing, who are dead spiritually. We go to restaurant with them, we sit and we eat with them, and yet they are spiritually dead. And we know that if the Lord tarries and they are called home, they will not make it with the Lord. 
and we are happy eating with them and we are not careful to ask how is it with your soul how is it with your soul we say it is well is it really well with your soul has your soul found peace with God I believe in me right now the Lord is showing you pictures of people you can tell about him God is bringing people into your mind into your memory that they need the gospel they can be your husband they can be your wife they can be your children they can be your boss your brother your sister your auntie your uncle your neighbor you don't even like your neighbor you don't even like maybe that is why God sent you into that neighborhood they might not like you but they are watching your behavior sometimes they will just annoy you but they are checking how you react they know you go to church every Sunday they know you go to church every Monday they know you go for choir rehearsals every Friday they know all of your movements sometimes they will provoke you for reaction to see who you truly are how are you praying for them some of you are just first generation born again there wasn't any pastor in your home to witness to you but you found Christ for yourself and you stood in to pray and intercede for your family and now all your family are in faith who are you praying for and who are you praying out of eternal damnation just talk to him right now if the Lord dropped any name or pictures or faces at you whether physically or spiritually in your mind, impression maybe you, you have just had an impression of a face you know very well that is perishing and the Lord is asking what have you done for such a soul will you commit to tell them about Christ in the name of Jesus thank you Holy Spirit Father help us as a church to be a going church help us oh Lord to obey your word and father as we go forth you give the increase in the name of Jesus amen did you receive something for today why don't you put your hands together for the Lord Amen.